listening to the New Century Multiverse, Panthasol. Chapter 17 Adrift in the Majara Beatrix Nash, the cub, and I are locked back into the ancient prison cell. Only now, we are not chained to the walls and the cold body of my father is dumped in our midst. Kolo sits beside him, one paw on that terrible wound at his heart, blood now drying on his glossy black fur. There is a long silence. I am well aware of what is being done here. Shrike didn't have to leave him with us. This isn't a room of stone walls. This is a lake of poison. But as much as I am aware of the emotional manipulation at play, I cannot help but open my mouth and let it all come Pouring in you, pompous fool. I growl. Colo does not look up. You accursed braggart. You unthinking clown. You loud-mouthed, empty-headed wretch. I crouch down beside him, my eyes flaring. It wasn't enough for you to just fight her and win. Was it? Or even fight her and lose? No, you had to mortify her in front of her own troops. You had to make the whole thing about how astonishing you are. It only reaches you when everyone is screaming your name. On this last word, I slap my paw into his throat and shove him back down upon the stones. He gives like a ragdoll. I slam against his bruised, battered ribcage and open my jaws wide, imagining tearing out his throat. Your glory! I roar in his face. Your glory! His eyes are elsewhere. His paw is still on my father's body. He cannot let go or say goodbye. I slump down upon Kolo's chest and let out a long, mournful cry. Leah, behind me has curled into a ball and is mewing pitifully (laughs) as her lizard licks at her cheek. Even his tiny brain comprehending her sorrow. I force my howl to subside, knowing Shrike will have heard it and rested a cruel satisfaction. Soon I get up and go to hold Leah as she shivers. (laughs) We wait like this the whole night through. 
until the first rays begin to show themselves through the bars of the only window. My father's red and grey mane positively glow in this light of dawn. But he will never wake again. I stole my life from him. We are pushed to the edge of the oasis, facing the northern desert beside a single sun dragon. Hryk stands before us, a cruel smirk playing across her features as she attempts to maintain the illusion of civility. Around us, the army stands to attention. As promised, I am setting you free. As a reward for your exceptional fighting skills, flat jaw, we salute you. This is a transparent attempt to win back some approval from the troops she feels she lost on some level last night. Saluting her adversary in that hollow way we do. Refusing to allow ourselves to feel it. We shall not pursue you. And you are at liberty to take any path you choose back to civilization. Of course, if we meet again by chance and you attempt, however vainly, to obstruct Albion's great expansion, your lives shall be forfeit. I absolutely intend to obstruct this expansion. My life is forfeit anyway, but I nod dumbly. The cub turns to Colo and hisses. Nice going, you fat-headed moron. Now we'll die of thirst out there. Shut your yap. Good advice for you. The lynx yowls and swipes at his side viciously. The panther roars, putting all the soldiers on high alert as he flings the cub backwards, tumbling into the commodore. Colo has four dozen gun barrels pointed in his general direction. He raises his paws as Shrike picks herself up from the stagger, sweeping Leah aside. Unless you are fast enough to dodge 50 bullets, champ, I suggest you head out now before I change my mind. Leah stumbles upright and starts to walk back to our sun dragon. Wait. Shrike bellows, then holds out a paw angrily. I'll have that back, thief. Leah scowls, retrieves the Cicerone from the folds of her cape, marches across and turns it over. You almost had me there. The Commodore hisses to her quietly. But I'll be needing this for when I find my prize. And if we ever meet again, I shall be carefully considering my very loose and frequently bent rule on not killing Cubs. Don't worry yourself. You'll never see me again. Leah growls back before stalking over to the lizard and scrambling up onto its saddle to sit in front of me as I am sat in front of Colo, 
who leans forward and whispers. It's worth a try, kid. I know. Easy there, Sandy. Leah mutters, petting the dragon just behind its ruff. We journey out into the sand dunes. The three of us were permitted to fill our canteens with tepid water from the Albion supplies, left over from before they reached the oasis. We have the tiniest fighting chance out here. I have to remind myself to keep going and not simply roll sideways, fall from our mount and let the great yellow void take me. Sandy climbs across what feels like a stovetop as we pant upon his back. Kola has been very quiet, saying nothing as we buried my father back at Nixus, not far from the cool blue waters. Bet you wish you were on the on the sea now. Leah gasps. That way, no matter how hot it gets, you could always dive in for a swim around. My ship is still out there. Doing what good it can. I pant back. But, as mad as it may seem, I am glad I'm here. Because, at least, at least, someone can maybe get to the Cloudbreaker before they do. I'm glad to be here too. Now that I've seen just how cruel lines can be, I've decided this is a quest. A race against evil. To keep the armies of darkness from... from marching all over armor. What does your ship accomplish day to day? Kolo says. Where? Do what? You said your ship is out there doing what good it can, but you also said you were pirates. Actually, we're more like privateers. Does that mean you, you only rob bad ships? Yes, I say definitively. And we make sure... Who employs you? We're self-employed. Then you're not privateers. Privateers are retained by the rulers of one country to strike at the interests of another and weaken them on a maritime scale. And when did you become an old sea cat? I'm just interested. Because a while ago I met with a friend of mine who escaped from a slave train. Wait. All different kinds of cats, clapped in irons, presided over by a lioness in a crimson coat. He looks hard at the ionite key I was given back with my coat that hangs once again around my neck. Now Leah looks at it too. You're right. That was me. The desert winds blow around us as I say these words. The sun dragon presses on, but I can feel the links 
has tightened her shoulders. So what exactly does your ship do? He growls coldly in my ear. Why are you really seeking the Cloudbreaker? I wanted to tell you all this before, I sigh, my head lowering. But with Dad here, I, I just couldn't. The plan was to simply take the ball off the links and get across the desert and recover the weapon before Albion did. Exactly like I said. That wasn't a lie. You just didn't tell us the whole truth. No, I didn't. Because of how he looked at me. Because of how you looked at me. You were both happy to see me. Leah wriggles out from underneath and drops to the sand. Hey, what are you doing? Get back up here. No, she needs to answer us. Are you a slaver or aren't you? I recall as though it were yesterday. How does one become a trafficker of lives? It begins with a simple decision. I am first mate aboard a merchant ship, captained by Sir Niles Fairbrass. We sail under the banner of the Great Albion Trading Company, bringing spices, fine cloth, jewels, tea from the New World across to Albion. And when we sail back, it is with supplies that our lion brethren will need on the western continent as they continue to set up shop for our occupation. This last part bothers me on some level, but I rationalize it. I am helping my people progress. Then among the stock for the next voyage. We bring crates that none of the crew seem to know the contents of. I find out later these were pumas from the New World. This bothers me more in retrospect, but I rationalized to, to scale with my perturbation. They are to be servants in the houses of the gentry. They will live better lives in the East and wear finer clothes, perhaps. They will even be educated. The next voyage is far less tea and far more native cats in the hold. I continue to rationalize. Business is booming on both sides of the Atlantean Sea. These new strong paws will, will help build our economy. Then Fairbrass, my captain, 
dies mid-voyage. He had taken a leopard from the stock into his bed. And when I enter the captain's cabin, after he no longer answers the door, I see her sitting beside him quite calmly, her chin absolutely crimson. Fairbrass is lying with his terrified eyes spread wide, his throat torn out, and pints of his blood soaked into the bedclothes. She does not attack me. I have her led out onto the deck. I am furious and, and shaking with fear and revulsion. I begin to make a speech about how this monster ended the life of a decent, honest knight of Albion. And she takes a sudden leap over the side of the ship. The last I see of her as she disappears beneath the waves is her eyes boring into mine. She was mad. I tell myself these western cats are all witless savages. I know perfectly well this is not true. I can think of more cats besides Kolo, whom I also came across in my life growing up in Leonidas. Not lions at all, but thinking, civil, compassionate. I bury these thoughts. They will impede our progress. The nervous crew ask who is going to be captain now. I retrieve Fairbrass' coat from where it hung upon the back of his cabin door. And I envelop myself in crimson. We complete our voyage and I fulfill all the paperwork and transactional details to the letter moving cargo from our ship, the Starward Whale, to the dockside slave auction. I am commended for my quick thinking and leadership abilities and for the spoilage and loss of only one item of stock over the side of the ship during all of the unpleasantness. Meanwhile, 27 assorted cats either died in the hold or else came out the other side too sick and malnourished to stand, dying unsold soon afterwards. I make it my priority to keep them healthier and not lose so many. Fix the oversights my predecessor did not account for. Our vessel is fitted with new interiors to allow more cats to be shipped. I rationalize now 
that these savages would be brought across from the west eventually anyway. I elect to ship them, loose packed as well, giving them more room to move and less likelihood of sickness or an early death. I may as well give them a better chance at surviving so that they can be of use in my land of origin. And we voyage back and forth. And time passes. And I no longer have to rationalize. Because I made my decisions a long while ago. And there is no going back now. The damage is done. We have to make the best of things. You have been listening to episode 17 of Panther Soul. Adrift in the Majara. Written, edited, and directed by Alexander Shaw. Captain Beatrix Annabel Queensbury, performed by Loretta Saylor. Leah, performed by Willow Shaw. Colo Nash, performed by Alex Shaw. Commodore Shrike, performed by Sharon Shaw. Make Your Decision by Dan Philipson of Shockwave Sound. Protean Fields. Glimmerwood Grove, The Desert Awaits, Desert Winds, March of the Faithful, Age of Sail, Open Ocean, Cultist's Cavern, and Before the Storm, all ambience from tabletop audio. The New Century Multiverse is funded by Patreon, and our $15 sponsors get credit every episode, so thank you to Aaron Lecluse, Abel Savard, Alejandra Vargas, Alex Brewington, Angus Lee, Benjamin Hoffer, Brian Novak, Cassandra Newman, Chris Finnick, Christopher Wolfe, Kieran Dashler, Connor Kennedy, Dan Mayer, Daniel Salguero, Dan Hepner, Dave Hickman, David Sheely, Finbar Nicole, Frankie Punzi, Greg Downing, Jameis Enright, Jesse Ferguson, Joe Crow, Joel Robinson, John Clawson, Joe Gluck, Josh Waster, Kat Esman, Kevin Vahey, Lorraine Chisholm, Marty Polmeyer, Matthew A. Siebert, Michael Hasco, Robbie Crow, Sarah Montgomery, Tima Hellas Hario, Tim Rosensky, Timothy Green, Toby Skeels Jungius, Tom Painter, Trey Contreras, and Valencia Burns. For the maximum New Century Multiverse experience, you need to be checking out the podcast Through the Wind Door, where Greg Downing and Toby Skills Jungius talk us through each story like a book club and go into mind-boggling depth. I don't know about you, but I like having my mind boggled. They're currently up to Steamheart. And if you want to read the entirety of Panther Soul right now, it is available in a gorgeous paperback on Amazon.com. Alternately, you can support this project for $10 on Patreon and get access to all 
the New Century ebooks and audiobooks.